Yeah, that's the last time I think that you get to see this bumper. So uh, until the next time we go through the Open Mic series, and the Open Mic series is one of my favorite series. In fact, this Sunday, the last week of this series, is kind of what I've been looking forward to for several reasons. And I want to start off by uh, giving y'all kind of an illustration of what I think this church is about. I'm going to ask the two best, or actually one of the best ball players I know and his dad to, uh, to come up here. And uh, there's, and I'm just going to have y'all start playing catch, just play catch back and forth, okay? And, and one of the things I want us as a church to remember is that when we think about this church, the goal of this church is not to grow to a thousand people or whatever. The goal of this church is to be a family, and that's what this is about today, this, this entire day. Now, here's the question I want you to think about whenever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you this, and I want you to answer out loud, Okay. Anytime we see an activity, usually there's an active participant and a passive participant, okay? When, when Hudson is throwing to Joey, who is the active participant? All right, who is the passive? All right, that is not true. In fact, y'all can go ahead and stop. I want y'all to think about this for a second. I was going to have uh, Joey stand there and not catch it one time. And let's see if Joey is passive, what would happen? The ball would hit him right in the face. And the truth is, anytime you're in a conversation, anytime you're reading a book, anytime you're doing anything, there is never a passive side. It is always active. And we need to understand that as a church is that when I'm preaching, I'm active, and I've studied and all this. But when you are listening, you are not passive. And if you are passive, you are not doing what the church is called to do. So I just want to give us one verse today as we kick this off, and that is James chapter 1. You've probably heard it before, 22. It says this, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It goes on to say that if you do what you hear, if you do what you hear in church, if you do what you hear whenever you hear the word, if you do it, that is how you will be blessed. It is not simply from trying to understand a Bible passage better. And so today, this is the perfect example to me of I want you to walk away from this with kind of a, a calling on your life in some way. And it may be a small thing of, hey, I've been struggling with a sin and I gotta take it serious today. It may be a big thing because here, we're gonna hear three, uh, I wanna highlight three things today. And the first one is, for a small church, and this is, uh, by some, some people think this is a big church, some people think this is a, bit, a small church, depends on who you're talking about, right? But we have the blessing of having a kids camp that is awesome and incredible. And in fact, this past week, how many people, Joey, went? 205 kids and everybody, every 205 kids were at camp uh, um, today. And so the first thing I want you to see is if um, a lot of them, how many were from this church? Uh, how many adults? We had 13 adults that said, you know what I would like to do is I would like to take a week off of work and I would like to, uh, I would like to, instead of vacationing, I would like to go have seventh graders uh, Talk, talk and me have no idea what they're talking about because I'm not cool enough, okay? And so if you served at camp this week, or if you were at camp this week, I would like you to stand up for just a second. Stand up. And there are a few of you in here, okay? And I want to give them a round of applause, okay? All right. Thank you all very much. I appreciate it. But, I, but this is the perfect thing that, that 
I guarantee you, none of them, uh, when they first walked into this church, said, you know what I would love to do is spend a week with a bunch of middle schoolers and elementary schoolers, and uh, I, would, I would just love to, to do that every year. But now, all of a sudden, I'm thinking next year I might go. I, I mean, it looked like a lot of fun. I've always wanted to do a blob. I've never been able to be on the blob. Now, all of that to say, it's a perfect example of what this day is about hearing, you know what, somebody planting a seed. You know what, maybe I could go to camp. Maybe I could go and make a difference. And I had, uh, I had three kids at camp this week, two at our camp. And the incredible thing is they had a great experience. And I was able to ask them. And Elliot told me all about faith. And this is what it means. And I'm telling you right now, just that idea that I'm, maybe I could be a counselor at camp. You know, at the beginning of the year, the next story I kind of want you to hear is what we're going to focus on for a little bit. We, I, I had somebody come to me, Cindy McNeil, and Cindy said to me, you know, Joel, I think I want to preach a message. And we guard the pulpit in here. You don't just, you know, it's not just anybody who wants to preach gets to come up and preach. Um, but one of the things that, uh, that is so fascinating and I love about uh, Cindy is She's been in this church before this church was this church. She has been with us since this church was called the Springs Church. It was a, a long story, but she has been on this right. She has been here and showed up, and she has been so faithful. And it is so incredible to watch her, where she came when she first, if you were to tell me that Cindy, like 13 or 14, whenever she came first to this church, would have been able to even consider preaching a message, she would have said, you're crazy. But for her to come and say, you know what, God has put something on my heart. I want to and I was, again, I, I was guarding the pulpit. I was like, I, I need to know. And then she started telling me, you know what, I, I work with vines. I, I've been growing vines. And, and God has shown me some things about John 15. And so I said, you know what, it sounds like you have a message. And I've got a message series called Open Mic where, where we like to let other people, other voices. And so one of the things we're going to do right now is, we're, is Cindy's doing a first. She is actually teaching kids and preaching in here. That's never happened, okay? She's got, uh, Joey went and filmed a video at her house of her preaching this message. And I was just so, so proud because of the spiritual growth that, you, that I can see from where she first came to where she's able to do this. And this message is a great message. And so I want to take just 10 minutes or so, and I want you to not only hear Cindy, I want you to think about the journey it took from Cindy to come from just walking into a church to having the faith and boldness that God has put something on my heart I need to preach because that's, again, part of this receiving of being active participants. I believe God's calling you to do something in this, in, in, in this world that is big, and I want this day to kind of be, you know what, I'm not just sitting here being passive. I'm an active participant in this kingdom of God. So let's go ahead and let's watch Cindy's message. Every year I grow a vine, it grows a bean, um, you know, a vegetable, and my neighbors cook it for me. Uh, working with this vine every season, uh, God has shown me some illustration of one of my favorite scriptures, and I'd like to share that with you guys today. Um, I'm going to be reading in John 15, verses 1 through 5. So I'm going to read the vine and the branches. <clears throat> Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. 
neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And Jesus also says, this is to, in, on verse 8, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so growing the vine, I've seen how this represents that Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. And <clears throat> I've noticed how the vine grows and how it matches what scripture says. So I wanted to share that with you guys today. The, when the plant comes up out of the ground, about six inches, the vine comes up and branches start clinging to objects. Uh, some go up the trellis like I want them to. Some go to the fence and the winds can come along and blow them. Uh, they're gonna attach to whatever is easy for them to find. Uh, the vine has a sticky substance that helps them grip on cling to things. Well, as the gardener, I have to come through and unwrap them from the object that's not stable and redirect them in the way to, to grow, that I want them to grow. And that's what God does with us. When we grow up, and if we grow away from the vine, we are in dangerous places and God redirects us by, you know, others praying for us or in many different ways, he redirects us and, and has us grow in the way he wants us to grow. And it happens to be one of our church's mottos and that's pretty cool too, leading you where God wants you to, to grow and to go. <clears throat> so this, this vine, it did what I've done many times and it clung to the fence, which is not stable. <clears throat> the rabbits can get it. Rabbit to me represents evil out here because it, it kills all my plants. But this vine doesn't know that it's in danger. <laughs> I want you to go out on a limb with me here, pun intended, <laughs> because, because this is not stable. But over and over again, the vine goes here and I cut it. So I'm going to cut this one. <clears throat> God calls us to bear much fruit. And you, you can't bear fruit if you're here. It would have been better for that vine to go up the trellis and not, not go away. What this represented to me, or what I saw in the scripture was telling to me that this represented the sin, sin that I cling to. And there's, there's all kinds of types of sin that we cling to, but that represented, that represented sin and it needed to be addressed because it's not safe. So I have to unwind, unwind this and feed it back up the trellis where it can grow straight. When, when the branches grow alone, they don't bear much fruit. But when I, when I wrap two together, two branches together, they grow up straight and they grow up stronger. They almost form like a, like a tight knot and they grow up straight and they get real thick and before long, by July, this is gonna be full of beans, full of fruit, and they're gonna be real thick and hard to even cut, like scissors won't cut them, that's how strong they get. And so, when the fruit comes, 
it's the the branches that bear the fruit are the branches that are in the light. And the branches that are in the shade, close to the fence, they don't bear as much fruit. And God calls us to bear fruit, and he calls us to be in the light. And that's because he loves us. Like, to me, the, the branch that was clinging to the fence and saying, hey, look at me, this is great out here, you know, this is fun, this is, there's no problem, I can see you guys, y'all can see me. God loves this branch just as much as he loves the other branches, but this branch is not going to bear fruit on his own. Um, he'll bear fruit when he's on the trellis, when he grows up big and strong. Um, the other thing that God, that I feel that God pointed out to me was this vine, it grows over the fence. It grows to the neighbors that don't, they've never tasted it. They don't know that the bean is good. They, they just never tasted it. And um, every year I pull these branches back over after the first freeze and they're full of the dead dried up beans because um, I needed to go over there and tell them that they can pick and eat the fruit off this vegetable. And to me that represents witnessing. If, if they don't know, if no one tells them that the fruit is good, they're not gonna know um, what to, they're not gonna know to eat it. In, um, in, in, in John 15, uh, Jesus tells us that God prunes us, and the Greek word for prune is, means the same as cleans us. And he says, we've already been cleaned by his word. And I, I feel a lot of encouragement in that. Um, in John chapter 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and God was the Word. And the Word, the Bible, this is Jesus. This is the story of Jesus, and he, and he says to remain in Him, and He'll remain in us. And I believe that He means to remain in the Word, and the Word will remain in us. And that's how we grow stronger. Um, this is our plant food. Uh, this is what helps us grow. And he tells us that without this, we're not going to grow. We're going to be the branch that wonders. He's going to love us. But like in my life, I did a lot of wondering. And I had a lot of friends and family here and Christians praying for me. And God pulled me back. I'm here somewhere in the vine, you know, I want to be in the light. And so he says to keep your eyes on Jesus. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus, he will bring us into the light. And I can see by the representation that every year in July, August, when this plant at harvest time, the most fruit, the clusters of fruit, they come in clusters, they're in the light. The ones that aren't picked become dried up like this. But what amazing, I take one of these the next season, put it in the ground, water it, like Paul said, <laughs> water it, but God causes it to grow. So I put these in my yard every year and then I wait for them to pop up. <laughs> then I redirect them and try to get them to grow beans. That's, I just enjoy this. <laughs> but, but I find encouragement in this. The, the vine is always growing. The vine's always changing. You can be in the dark, and God can bring you to the light. Uh, 
He's not a controlling God. Uh, he allows us to go onto the shaky surfaces, but he brings us back with friends, family, loved ones. He places around us, and if we open our eyes to him, we pray, praise God, because you praise God, that rabbit's going to flee. That rabbit won't be here. If you praise, shout, sing, say Jesus' name, pray and praise, absorb this word, read it daily, uh, you'll bear much fruit. So I hope you find encouragement in this. And I don't know if you garden, but uh, if, if, if you do garden, you probably know how to do it better than me. But if you don't garden, I hope that this example of the vine uh, would help you see God's word and give you encouragement to stay in his word. It's pretty incredible. All right, I'm so proud. So now I'm going to um, ask uh, the Canoosies to come up. Uh, and I want you to hear the next kind of story in this. And I have some live mics for y'all, which is exciting for Jill and is terrifying for Greg. And so uh, just so that's kind of the way it works. And so uh, I'm excited for y'all to hear their story because, again, the thing I love about Cindy's is it's a great message. I mean, you might be hearing that and think, you know what, I've been away, you know, I, I, I've been pruned. I need to get back to the vine. I need to evangelize. There's a lot of takeaways from the message, but also just knowing that, man, what a step of faith and growth it is for her. Well, the Canoosies, this is Greg and Jill. Y'all, let's give them a hand. Get them. Um, God's been doing a lot in their life as well, and one of the things I want for you is to hear also just how they are doers of the word, uh, because God has really put something uh, just incredible. And so uh, I would like just, um, and y'all can decide who wants to talk, but I would like you to share just a little bit about your call to the mission field. Yeah. Uh, Bill was uh, just at the church and talked about church going to Peru, this uh, mission trip. And Jill, Jill knew I wanted to go uh, on mission trips, but at that time I kind of was kind of in a rough patch. So like she, she pushed me and I kind of reluctantly went. And uh, I just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel prepared at all. And I just don't feel like I know scripture well and don't feel like I'm good at talking to people. So Speaking of which, let's. There you go. <laughs> Perfect example. Um, so I just there remember being on the, the plane, and I just had a great prayer for God just to give me the words when I was down there, um, just because I felt so unprepared. And um, during that trip, he just constantly just showed up. Like I'd be talking to somebody, and the Lord just gave me the words, and I just knew that wasn't for me, and it just was very powerful. Um, yeah, there's a specific moment where I, we met with a family um, after like our initial just meet and greet. She invited us to her house. And afterwards, um, it was just me and my interpreter that day. My partner and friend was sick. Um, so yeah, I just I remember saying like it, it was not by accident. God sent you here um, to speak with this, this specific family, and it's just it was such a powerful moment. God's plan is perfect and so much better than mine. Um, so the main purpose of the trip was kind of like meeting with pastors and kind of helping them like with their communities and kind of teaching the small groups and stuff. So we 
primarily with them, but we had a meeting as well. And um, one of the last days, and we were just kind of there, and I felt very called to the mission field, um, which freaked me out. And I remember even asking the, the group there to pray for me with that. Go ahead, Jill, because I know God was working. Yeah, we'll wrap it all up. Don't worry. We're gonna Got it. we're gonna we're gonna put a neat little bow on it for you. No, I'm just kidding. So I'm I'm a little different than Greg. Actually, uh, when I was in high school in my youth group, we did mission trips that were short term every single year. So I was exposed from like ninth grade on to different types of mission work. Um, all of it was in America at that time when I was that young. Um, and then when I got to college, I went to Guatemala and we had. Uh, free clinics like we were just giving away therapy for free like in the mountains all over the place in random areas um, I hopped in in my my college church on their local missions we fed people who were homeless and prayed on them and just pointed to them to churches that were within walking distance um, but never actually considered being a missionary as my as my career or in my life or whatever um, but when I was pregnant with Anna, so pretty recently, a little over a year ago, um, I went on a women's retreat with Greg's older sister, Stacy, in Fort Worth, uh, Texas. And one of the items during the retreat was a prayer walk. So you walk to different stations outside and you were tasked to pray over different things. And I remember when I got to the first station, the Lord gave me a word, and the word was India. And I was like, okay. So we might like pray for India, or maybe we need to donate to India, or maybe we need to do something, not go, but you know, like maybe, maybe India is just a thing, you know, we're just going to pray on that later. That's my go-to, right? If the Lord gives me a strong word, I'm like, maybe that wasn't the Lord. We're going to pray on that more times just to make sure we need that confirmation. Okay. So I hopped like eight different prayer stations during that prayer walk, like basically by myself outside in the quiet with the Lord. Um, and I just kept hearing India and that was it. So later on in the, in the retreat, I prayed over the, just that word, why this word what am I doing with this word? And the Lord told me that we were going to be a missionary family. <laughs> so we'll, we'll wrap it up in, in the next uh, little. Uh, All right. But oh, man. That's, uh, you know, it was funny, though, because I got to see uh, God working. I was really not sick. I was just pretending to be sick so that you would have to see the Lord work. But uh, anyway. So how did you uh, confirm or, or discern this? How did you know that, uh, that this was more than just a hunch or a feeling? How did you know this is something that you're supposed to take action on, you're supposed to do? Partially just because we didn't want to do it. Like, you know, it wasn't something that we wanted for ourselves necessarily. People thought of selling our house, uprooting our family, and going somewhere that overseas and would potentially be dangerous. Like, that does sound fun to us. Um, Um, I mean, partially too, uh, so after Peru, um, I didn't even tell Jill, like it freaked me out. Um, so I, I didn't want to tell her, I didn't want her to be like, yeah, let's go. Like, so like, I didn't tell her at all, I kept it to myself and. Yeah, no, I, that, I love this question because it's just hilarious to me. Like we heard this completely separately in our prayer lives. Like we were not like sitting down together one night and heard it and it was like, oh. It was literally like Greg heard it first and sat on it for months. Yeah. 
<laughs> a long time. Um, and then I heard it at this retreat, and I came home. I probably waited maybe like a day or something, but I was like, I kind of heard something big on my trip, but I don't really want to tell you what it is because I don't want to freak you out. <laughs> but anyway, so I told him, and it's funny because, you know, Greg just makes jokes about like, you know, the Lord, the Lord nags me sometimes to like nag Greg, like especially about that mission trip to Peru. Like Greg was not feeling it and being totally like attacked by the devil and everything. And I was like, well, okay, well, you need to go. So like, let's go here. I'll help you sign up here. Look, it's an online form here. I'll help you. I'll help you fill it out. Let's go over here. Like, let's pray over this. Let's do this. But it was, it was the same thing a little bit. Like, okay, like you need to tell Greg this, like he's not listening to me. So I'm just going to send you a quick message. Okay. We're just gonna, we're going to put this together, please. Go go talk with your husband about this particular topic. So for me, like, I know it's not a hunch because we didn't hear it together. Like, we heard it completely separately at completely different times, and the Lord was just like, this is it. I'll say it again. Here, pray over it again, but this is it. So, What, what would you say to somebody who's uh, thinking uh, maybe even about a mission field or about even going across the street to somebody's house or whatever it is that's thinking, you know what, God would never call me to do that, or I could never do that. I'm not capable of doing that. What would you say to somebody who doesn't think they're qualified or doesn't think that uh, that would happen to them? Sure, yeah. Like, I mean, I would say I feel the same. Like, I don't feel qualified for any of this. Uh, but, like, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not very versed in Scripture, and I'm not very good at talking to people or in front of people. Um, but, like, God's going to give you what's needed, um, like, just like in Peru, I mean, I just kind of was a passenger. God just showed off the whole time. Um, so, like, yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, uh, I'm a little bit of a control freak, and I would say I struggle with pride a little bit. Like, I want to plan, and I want to know, and I want to do it right and correctly. Um, but if you look at my testimony <laughs> and everything that I've been through up until now, um, you would see that my plans are pretty much never the plan, actually, if I'm being honest, my plans have not been the plan. Um, but that I would constantly mourn over things and pray to the Lord, like, why don't you want me to be happy? Like, I know what I want, and here it is. I'm praying to you, and I'm asking you, like, this is what I want. I want this job, or to marry this person, or whatever it was. And every time the Lord's plan was not my plan. I just can't, I can't even tell you how much happier I am with what the Lord's plan was for me than my plan. Like I didn't actually originally want to marry Greg. Like I was with somebody else for five years and you know, I kept, I kept, hey, she didn't know he yet. knows no. this already y'all. This no. is not new this is for This brand him. new information. No, it is not. It is so not. Anyway. But, like, after I broke up with this person, like, the Lord basically said, he's not it, you're done, for three straight months, because, you know, I pray all the time for confirmation. Maybe it was a fluke. No. Anyway, so, to me, I mourned that, like, why, why don't you want me to be happy? And if you look at my life now, you'll see that I'm married to a God-fearing man, and I have beautiful children, and 
the Lord knows how to make me happy. He knows how to make you happy. Like he knows Amen. how to make all of us happy. We don't know. We think we do, honestly. I mean, that's been my whole testimony. You could look at the whole thing, but <laughs> that would be my advice. Well, one of the, one of the things that I love about y'all taking this serious is, and Greg just said that he didn't feel qualified uh, scripturally. And so y'all have made the, de- the decision to send Greg to seminary. And as someone who's been through seminary, which is where you train pastors or mission uh, uh, anyone going to the mission field or just ministers, uh, it is two people. It's all, I mean, my wife, uh, she got that degree as much as I did. Um, why, first of all, the decision, uh, why do you think that's an important decision for y'all? I mean, first off, we didn't decide God definitely. Right. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. But, um, just a brief kind of summary to that call. Like, um, so after Jill and I prayed upon um, the mission field thing, and like Jill with India, we kind of talked to Joel, and Joel kind of hooked up with us with Samson Mall, one of our mission partners. Um, he's in, funny enough, in India. So we actually met with him, and we were actually planning on going to India right before COVID hit. Um, it was like, I think their trip would have been like two weeks prior. Little, maybe a little bit less. Um, it, was, it would have been there for like two weeks. Well, that would have been the plan, but we got stuck there in India because he was there for nine months. Yeah. Um, but during that conversation, uh, he actually asked me, like, would I ever be interested in going into seminary? Haha. <laughs> um, I, I said, no, like, absolutely not. That's not me at all. Um, but I think God kind of used that conversation to kind of put seminary in my mind. And like Jill even asked afterwards, would you ever consider? And I told her no. Um, yeah, but uh, so I just remember there's. I was talking to someone just about like what truly matters about like being a Christ follower, like that relationship. And during that conversation, I remember just feeling God calling me to to go to seminary. And again, I sat on it for a little while before I could tell Jill because again, <laughs> I don't want her to jump on board. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Um, so yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think to kind of answer Jill's question, I mean, kind of what Jill touched on, like, God's plan is always better than ours. And, like, I mean, I don't understand why right now. Um, but I do know God will reveal it in his time when he's ready. And I'll look back and see what his plan truly was. So not only uh, do you feel God sending you across the world to a place you've never been, but also go to school first. That's almost everybody's nightmare, I think, uh, to go spend some more time in school. I'm so proud, y'all. What uh, what are the um, steps of faith or the challenges that this decision for uh, seminary is? Like, what are the things you're having to do is get in order? Because this is, even before you go to the mission field, this is life-altering. So what, what are some of the challenges you're facing right now? Um, I mean, applying was, I definitely didn't want to, so, yeah, that was definitely, um, but another one, I mean, I grew up very traditional, like, the, the dad's the provider, and, um, after talking with the counselor at the, the Miss Seminary, like, it became very clear I wasn't going to be able to work full-time and go to seminary and be a dad, so I, I would have to take from somewhere, so, um, agreeing, like, submitting and finally dropping down to part-time was definitely very tough, um. I'm glad you didn't say, Dad, I'm going to be a part-time dad. I'm just kidding. You chose well. Yeah, that was definitely, and then telling my family, too. Um, I mean, my family, they all go to church, but 
I knew they wouldn't understand, um, which they didn't, and the conversation was very hard, but um, I definitely felt like a big relief after doing so, kind of just like a good, that's one step further to obeying what God's calling me to do. Yeah, I think, I think persecution's a little bit to be expected, you know, when you step out in obedience to anything, not even just something this big, like just in general. Um, so definitely that from family and friends and, you know, um, getting a full-time job for myself for the first time in over three years and kind of giving up my, my mama time with my kids and learning how to be more intentional with them when I do get to be with them, but also just learning how to support Greg well through seminary and what that's going to look like. And, you know, we're going to have to change how we're intentional about everything, intentional with our marriage, intentional with our time, intentional with our kids. We're just going to, like, turn our lives on their heads and, you know, yeah. we're just going to, it's going to be great. Where, so where do you think, like right now from your perspective, knowing that it's not going to go, uh, this theme seems to be, it's not going to go where, where do you see the next few years, uh, what do you think it's going to, where do you think it leads? What do you think this, this, how do you right now think this plays out? Well, I, I mean, how I do you hope it plays out, I guess? Sure, yeah, yeah. right. I, I definitely don't see myself being a, like a pastor in the United States. Like I do think it's going to lead somewhere in the mission field overseas, um, just because, I mean, we both pretty loudly heard that calling and I feel like that calling has only gotten stronger like I remember Joel like uh, when we started meeting in person again kind of asked about like the mission calling has like has that faded and I'm like no it's actually gotten louder um, so I definitely feel like it's going somewhere like that yeah and it's interesting too like we obviously have no idea what God's doing with seminary you know we don't know that we never know the plan um, but also like the amount of doors that it could possibly open because before COVID, when I was pregnant and ready to get on a plane and go to India right now, who cares? Like I want to buy my ticket now. And Greg's like, okay, let's like slow down and pray about this real quick. Make sure this is what we're supposed to do. And obviously it wasn't at the time, but we started looking for sponsors. Like we're like, we need sponsorship. Like let's like send out applications. Let's look, let's see what, you know, organizations want to sponsor us. And a lot of them want one of y'all to have some seminary experience like they want you to know what you're talking about if they're gonna help to pay you to go do this right like they're not just you know sponsoring anybody who feels like being a missionary like there are actual you know requirements and again not every organization there are some who will send you for different reasons but it just seems like it would open up a lot more doors for us in that capacity and you know it just seems like the opportunities are endless so i mean yeah. it's obviously for something <laughs> We just don't know exactly for what. But. Well, I, I will tell you that, um, first of all, the, the seminary that uh, Greg uh, has chosen, that, and Greg and Jill have chosen, uh, I have been excited about the seminary. It's called the Pillar Seminary. In fact, Joey and I have been uh, fascinated by this seminary because it's, it's, it's pretty much online. You can do the whole thing online. But uh, the way they do it is they just go through the Bible, and then the next year you go through the Bible, and eventually they're going to make you go to Israel and... Uh, and you're going to go through the Bible and see the Bible a little bit uh, more actively. And so I, I, I was thrilled uh, at that choice. I think it's a great choice. Uh, it's very accessible. But um, also part of that, my hope of having y'all even up here on this day 
is because I want to plant seeds that, first of all, I think there are more missionaries sitting out here, whether y'all like it or not. I think there are missionaries, whether you're being called across the street or being called to India or somewhere else. But I also want to plant a seed of this story is not just their story. This is not just y'all are passive watching the active people follow the Lord. This is uh, somebody in our church, our church family has said, not only do I feel the call to seminary, I feel that we're, we're going to someday go to the ends of the earth, wherever it takes us. And so I want to plant a seed for us of, okay, when the time comes where they need to raise money or when they need prayer support or when they need something, uh, it's not going to be a shock to us of, oh, what? You, I didn't know. We, my vision for this church is that we support them in such a way to where when they get there, they feel as if there are all a hundred of us there too, or, you know, that our entire church, Connection Point Church, is there with them. I see it, you know, wherever God sends them, having missionaries there that we can send teams and support. What do y'all need? You need prayer? You need whatever? We're there for you. And so to me, this is important that we see the first part of this journey when it's uncertainty. And someday I, I think you're going to, we're going to send a trip wherever they are. And we're going to be like, man, this is just, it, it worked out so well. It was so easy, but I, I think it's important for us to see the terror, the, oh my gosh, what am I going to, you know, how am I going to make this work? You're going to make it work because you're going to have the support of your church. God is going to be guiding this and providing for you. So what is, uh, what is one way that the church as a whole could support you? And then what is, uh, how can individuals help you in this journey? What are some of the things you think that, that, that we can do to support y'all? Well, I should say accountability, but then y'all would actually hold me accountable, but <laughs> accountability. I mean, you stood in front of the church now. You're going, man. No, I'm just Basically. kidding. <laughs> We're sending you, even if it's a kick. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously prayer. I know that's like the canned response, but y'all, we really need it. Like, we need wisdom. We need discernment. We need motivation. We need energy. We need patience for one another. We need mercy and grace for one another and for our kids. We need all the things. So whatever you want to pray for, we want to receive it. Um, I'm sure there will be like little things here and there, like maybe like a hot meal on our doorstep because, you know, we had the longest day in history or childcare for a few hours because man, Greg really needs to get this paper written and I have to go to work, you know, or whatever the case may be. But I mean, we love y'all and we know y'all are awesome and are you know, ready and willing with serving hearts to do whatever. So we're really grateful to have you. Yeah, and I think uh, especially men just reaching out to Greg, knowing that, uh, I mean, just giving that encouraging word's a big part of it too. So here's what I want to do right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and invite, uh, I want to I spend some time and have some people pray, uh, lay hands on, and that's something we do as a church family. Um, it's not magical, it's just something we do symbolically to say, hey, we believe that God is, is doing, and we want to have this mentality of the sending starts now, we're going to do what we can do as a church to be in this with you. And so what I want to do is invite, first of all, um, our elders that are here and their wives, uh, and I'm going to invite the band up too, the band can come as well, um, John and Janet, uh, Rachel and Jeremy, uh, Y'all come up. If you are also in their small group or if you would like to just come up here, I'm actually going to let, if you would like to come lay hands uh, and pray, um, then you can come up and do this. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, we'll stand up. Um, but before we actually pray, I do want to uh, let y'all know one thing that uh, I spoke with the elders and, uh, and I actually called Pillar Seminary and want to let y'all know we are going to take care of your first semester, and so as a church, so uh, 
So that is something that, because y'all give, that's something we're able to do. And so, uh, so the first semester tuition is, uh, is going to be taken care of. I called them last week. Uh, it'll be, uh, I'll call them tomorrow and take care of it. And that's uh, just something symbolic we want to do to let y'all know that, hey, we're in this with you. And we're also going to be praying about, hey, as seminary ends, we know it's going to cost money to go wherever you are. And whether it's a church or individual families, we're going to be praying about, hey, how are we going to support them uh, when they get out there? And once they're there, how are we going to make sure that they feel and they know we're with us? So here's what I want. Go ahead if y'all want, and we'll just lay hands uh, on them. And I will pray. Lord, we thank you so much for being active in this church. We thank you so much for the fact that even when it may seem like we're just on the silence, that we're just listening and watching other people do great things, that every single one of us in this room is not here by accident. We're here because you have put us here because you are going to use us in a mighty way. And it's not because we're qualified. You call us and you qualify us. You prepare us. You put people around us that are going to lift us up when we can't lift ourselves up. You Lord, are going to do miracles. And so we, we are so thankful for Greg and Jill and Cindy and all the camp counselors, everyone today, but specifically for this couple, Lord, I thank you for their willingness to listen to you, their willingness to say, you know what, I don't know how this is going to work, but Lord, we trust you. We will go. And so Lord, I just pray that over the next few years that you will open up the eyes of Greg and Jill to see every single miracle you are doing to make this happen. Lord, I pray that as they walk faithfully where you call them, that it opens the eyes of this church so that we see, you know what, if God will do it for them, maybe he'll do it for me. And Lord, I pray that this church becomes a church where every single week we come so active, so so willing to listen because we know what is God going to call me to do today. And Lord, I pray that we passionately follow you the way that this couple is doing. Lord, I pray that you'll give them boldness. I pray that you'll give them courage and discernment and all of the qualities that they need at the right time. Lord, I thank you for lifting up people in this church that can give and that can pray and that can support them in a powerful way. So, Lord, we worship you, and we worship you in obedience, and we thank you for this day. So, Lord, protect this couple as you send them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all very much.